for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Evie. How's it going today? It's going great, Tom. Thanks. Absolutely. I'm really excited to sit down and chat with you and get to know more about you. We were originally supposed to do this last weekend, but obviously because uh, cedar fever, cedar season, you know, whatever it is, it's a... Uh, made last week a little hard for me to make it work so but i'm glad we were able to get you rescheduled in in today so same and all good yeah awesome well um for the people that are just getting introduced to you for the first time and just getting to know you uh what's kind of your backstory what got you into music yeah so i um have been playing music when i was really young i started on the violin um but it wasn't actually until something happened with my neck um, and i couldn't pursue that professionally anymore that i started to write music on the piano um and i've been pursuing music and songwriting ever since 2015 and just releasing singles um eps here and there um i was based out of new york for the last six years and um have recently moved out to austin what brought you to Austin? It was just the mix of pandemic and I think like needing new inspiration. Um, I love New York and it still feels like home. Most of my closest friends, both in music and outside of music, still live there. But I think it's, um, I think at this time in my life, it's just nice to change scenery. And like, I, I feel like I've been on a search for home ever since I left New York. Mm-hmm. So we can get a little bit more into like my plans for 2022. But yeah. yeah, that's been the theme and it's coming up in my music as well. Just this search for where home is. For sure, for sure. And then, uh, so you came to Austin from New York. Are you originally from New York or where are you from originally? I was originally born and raised in China. Okay. Um, I moved to the U.S. and have lived in different places. And New York was just somewhere I ended up um, that really felt like home at the time that I mm. I, I moved there. I just stayed because I didn't know where else to go. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. How long uh, did you live in China before you moved to the U.S.? I lived there for 13 years. Um, okay. So like half my life was spent here and half was spent in China. Gotcha. So you, a lot of your formative years were in China and then you came over. Yeah, like yeah. childhood years in China, but teenage years, which are really formative, are in the yeah. U.S. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, because I, I talk to a lot of musicians that aren't that live in the U.S. but aren't from the U.S. and they left like wherever they're from really young, so like two or three. So it's like not really home to them because... Like when you're two or three, you're not forming those kind of memories or associations with certain places. So yeah. uh, that that's why I asked that question. So uh, at what point did you uh, start picking up music? When did you start playing music? Yeah, I started on the violin at the age of four. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just kind of like instantly, I, I felt like it was, I think like my parents described it at the time as like, I just couldn't stop screeching away on the piano on the violin because um, the violin actually sounds really bad when you start playing it. Uh, There's like way more ways to sound awful than to sound great. Um, But my teacher was really encouraging. I think she saw something in me that was like, she, she just kept telling my parents, no matter how awful she sounds right now, she's meant to be doing music. 
yeah. uh, in some capacity in her life. And like, I think it was just like, I have so much gratitude for that teacher because had she not said that, I think my parents might have like stopped lessons. Mm -hmm. um, I stopped playing, things like that. Yeah, for sure. And then you'd mentioned that you had like a, a neck injury or something that kind of prohibited you from playing violin. Is that accurate? Yeah. So I, I went to college um, for a violin degree at the time. And then um, like a couple of discs in my neck shifted oh, wow. out of place. I think it was like from a like, combination of bad posture playing the violin um, and also just like having a pretty sedentary lifestyle and just genetics too. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah. And so like being a professional violinist was very much out of the question. So <laughs> was that the original thought that you would just be a professional violinist? I, I definitely had that as like an option in college. I, I didn't know like fully what I wanted to do. Um, but music was always something that I really loved. I didn't have any other subject ever that I was like so passionate about. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't know at the time that it would turn out to be songwriting, but um, that neck injury kind of like reguided yeah. me. Gotcha. And then when did you start uh, picking up the pen and exploring your own songwriting? Yeah, so it was actually not until I left college. So mm. when I was in college, I got really into piano and um, I had always like played keyboard and piano on my own time. And I think because of just like the lack of classical training, it actually mm. made me more passionate about the piano because um, there wasn't like somebody telling me like, here's how you play it, you yeah. know? Um, and so I just wrote piano music for many years like five years and then it wasn't until after college that like I sat down at the piano and I was like oh I want to write songs and then songs came and then yeah put words to it gotcha gotcha and then so you transitioned from the violin to piano uh were you while you were playing violin were you exploring piano prior or was it like nope the viol can't play the violin let me see what else I can do yeah so I was simultaneous playing okay piano and the violin, um, but just decided to pursue the violin more professionally. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so that after college, you or during college is when you had the neck or when you started having experiencing the neck issues, and then you kind of transitioned to playing the piano uh, more full time, uh, and then started writing music once you left college and stuff of that. At this point, are you in New York? Or where are you kind of at geographically? Yeah, so I went to the University of North Carolina. Okay. So I was in North Carolina, and then um, I moved to New York a um, couple of years out of college. So I actually was in Chicago for a short stint. Okay, cool. That's where I'm from. So yay, Chicago. Okay. Yay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, so you've moved around the the country pretty good since uh, since you came here when you were 13. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. Awesome. And uh, so. Uh, once you moved to New York, is that kind of where the professional, like you really started pursuing music professionally or was that like when you were in Chicago as well? That's right. Yeah. yeah. When I was in Chicago, I tried to pursue it professionally, but I feel like the Chicago scene just isn't as conducive to like new artists. Um, in New York was like when I found a lot of momentum and like people supporting me to be like, here's what you do. Here are the first steps to take. Let me produce your music, things like that. Gotcha, gotcha. And then, uh, is, so in New York, that's when you started like releasing some of your older music, some of the some of your music. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. Uh, what was the uh, first single that you uh, released while you were in New York? Yeah, so it was a song called "Morning Sun," mm -hmm. and then um, it was really surprising because I actually went on to win semifinalist in the songwriting competition, the international songwriting competition. Mm -hmm. So I feel like 
that was like a nice sign from the universe to just be like, keep going. There's something here. Here. Yeah, for sure. And when you were kind of going through this process of figuring out what you wanted your sound to be as a musician or your style, like your your what you wanted to be as a musician while you're starting to figure out your writing style and all that stuff. What was kind of this process? Who were you listening to for influences, stuff of that nature? Yeah, um, so I was listening to a mix of pop songwriters like John Legend, John Mayer, um, Adele. Like they're they're really like bread and butter kind of pop songwriters. But then also catching myself up on the classics because I didn't mm. grow up in the states. Yeah. So I listened to like Bob Dylan's whole catalog, Joni Mitchell. Like those are things I've never listened to before. Um, and so I yeah I, I think those first few years I, I was just like listening to very uh, basic is not the right word, but yeah. um, very like classic i would say mm-hmm. so- songwriters and it wasn't until the recent five years that i got into indie and like mm-hmm. um indie pop things like that gotcha so you were listening to not the basics but like the step what uh like in classical music would be like the standards is that kind of yeah. fair yeah gotcha. Fair. yeah gotcha gotcha and so in new york you started releasing your music and uh re- uh, recording and releasing your music uh, to kind of fast forward to modern times. You just released your new single, uh, Puppet. Uh, what, what's kind of the uh, story behind that song? Yeah, so Puppet is unlike anything I've ever done before musically, and um, so is the next two singles that's going to be released later this year. Um, the The song itself is like just born out of um, this feeling of like, leaving relationships that I felt obligated to stay in Um, and then through performing it live and also through just like years of the song marinating in my system it's turned out to be more of an electronic experimental song Mm -hmm. Um, and that's kind of where my sound is growing these days is like infusing the organic cinematic kind of feel with more electronic beats Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah so that's the story of Puppet. Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, how long have you, because uh, it's been a little bit since you've released music, obviously, because the pandemic and whatnot, being able to get into studios and stuff like that. How long have you been working on Puppet? Yeah, so I've been working on Puppet, like, uh, basically since 2019, I think, was when I wrote the song. And then 2020 to 2021 was when I was recording it. Um, I also have a dual career in business strategy. Mm-hmm. So that's fairly an involved thing as well. Mm-hmm. So I feel like my timeline compared to the normal artists, it's it's a little bit more drawn out where yeah. um, I released an EP of like three to four songs every two years instead of like people who release like 20 songs in that in that period of time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Gotcha. So you, you're kind of balancing a full-time job with your musical career. That's right. how, how does that, like, how does, how, not how does that work? Cause obviously I understand how balancing your career. Um, how do you, um, how do you kind of make time for music when you have a full-time job already? Or is it, yeah, let's just ask yeah, that question. Yeah, I think I, I think it's it always comes down to like at any given moment what my priority is. And so music has been and will be my priority. But there are days mm-hmm. when, you know, the job is very busy or yeah. like I have this exciting thing I'm working on my, my job that I want yeah. to spend more time on. But at the end of the day, like my, my soul is in this lifetime to make music. <laughs> and I think mm-hmm. it's just like finding the time that I can without um without like sacrificing really like the lifestyle that I also mm. want to have for yeah. sure so if it comes down to it where your music starts to take off that is that ultimately going to be the ch- choice you make yeah, if you have right. to choose between your career and your music 
That's right. Yeah. Because I feel like with um, just with everything I've built in that world, like that business world, mm -hmm. I, there there's always time for, for me to go back and, and pick that back up. Um, I think m music is something where it's like every in every chapter in your life, especially as a young person, there's so much that happens that you can't just jump back in when you're 50 or like 45, you know? Mm -hmm. For sure, for sure. And you'd mentioned uh, something kind of interesting early on during the, uh, the during this conversation about uh, moving to Austin and kind kind of being a search for your your home, I guess. Is that the best way to word it? Um, how's Austin been treating you since you moved down, moved down there? You know, it's definitely hard because we're in a pandemic, so mm -hmm. it's harder to meet people, but um, I've been really grateful. It's just like how friendly everyone is, um, how easy life feels here. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a change of pace from New York. Yeah. Um, I do go back to the city every six months to do something musical, whether it's mm -hmm. like recording with people or doing a music video. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm not like completely outside of the New York scene. Gotcha. Gotcha. And uh, did you move down to Austin strictly for music or did your job take you to Austin? How, what kind of brought you to Austin? So nothing took me to Austin. Okay. Um, so I moved to Austin mainly because I heard that um, there was just a lot of momentum behind the city. And I went to visit and I liked it. Um, and it wasn't like the same feeling that I had when I moved to New York of like, okay. this feels like home, all of that. It was yeah. just kind of like, this makes me feel really comfortable to be yeah. here. And I think my, my body at the time, I was getting really sick when I was in New York, um, mm. not just with COVID, but like other things that were going, mm. I just feel like there were so many ways that I would get sick from being on the subway and all of mm. that, um, that as much as I loved the city and it felt like home, my body literally was like, we need a break. <laughs> so yeah. that's how I moved. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. That, that is one thing just about central Texas and this area in general is it, it does not saying that it feels easy to live here, but it just feels welcoming to live here like yeah. i've lived here for oh about a little over two and a half years at this point and just from the second i walked in i i put a post out on facebook hey th this is who i am this is what i do would love to meet up with some musicians and just kind of talk shop and get to know the scene a little bit and this was like right before covid so i moved here october 2019 and then obviously the pandemic hit uh march 2020 and so within those six months, I had like seven or eight musicians like, yeah, man. So this, I'm the, this is my name, you know, and just kind of introduced me wow. to the scene. And it's just like, all right. And then even my dad made the comment the other day. He was like, yeah, I, I don't, for whatever reason, Central Texas just seems to work with you. Like it, it and wow. that's a weird way to word it, but it's just, uh, it's interesting here. So I definitely- yeah enjoying my time. I don't know if, uh, I don't know if it's a permanent move or, you know, whatnot. And I, I don't know your thoughts on the whole thing, but it's definitely one of those things where I'm giving it a chance because it deserves it. So when did you move to central Texas? Uh, October, 2019. Oh, okay. So pretty yeah. recent as well. Yeah. Okay. We're in yeah. Chicago before then. Uh, actually I was in Tallahassee, Florida. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. I, I've like yourself, I've moved all over the place. So I was born and raised in the Chicago land area. I lived there for about 22 years, uh -huh. uh, moved to different place, a few different places around the greater Chicago land area, but I consider it all like one big, you know, pretty much living in the same place. Interesting. And then I went to school in Southern Illinois 
uh-huh. moved to Florida. I lived in Orlando for about six months uh-huh. and I went to Bowling Green, Kentucky, uh, Roswell, New Mexico, Tallahassee, Florida, Waco, Texas. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I, I've been, I've been around. I, I love to travel. So nice. Okay. Cool. What's, uh, what's kind of your movement been like since you, where did, when you came over from chi- uh, China, where'd you uh, yeah. land? So we actually went to the UK for like almost a year and then um, came over to the States. And I actually started out in a town called College Station, Texas. Okay. Yep. Um, did not really enjoy that experience for many reasons. Um, mm. And then went to North Carolina like that one more. But I, I think I'm a city person at, at heart. Mm-hmm. So I had just like always had this love affair with New York for the longest time. And so um, I remember I, I went to New York for the 2008 um, New Year Eve, like mm-hmm. event in Times Square, yeah. which I would never do again. But at that time, <laughs> it was something I was really excited about. And then um, at that time, I was like, you know, after college, I am going to move out here. I'm going to have a, like a life here. And that's what I did. So, yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. College state, like that is one thing, like the college towns, which is essentially what college station is. Cause it's got A&M there. College towns are a different beast. Yeah. So, yeah. It, 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 I mean, and especially college towns that like depend on the school for everything, like their entire economic existence depends on the school. Yeah. Whereas like in Waco or Austin, yeah, Waco, we have Baylor here, but Baylor is such an isolated school that we don't, if Baylor wasn't here, Waco would still be fine. Mm. You know? So yeah. I feel like uh, Bryan college station, if A&M wasn't there, that city would just be another small town in Texas or those cities yeah. would be just small towns in Texas. That's a, that's a good way to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's just my perspective. Obviously i Compared to a lot of people that have lived in Texas their entire lives, I'm still new here. I'm the outsider, but yeah, okay, it is. But um, I did want to talk about the music video for Puppet. Did you shoot that in New York? So the music video for Puppet, I actually pieced it together using stock footage. Okay, um, it's not the most sexy thing, but with my budget at the time, I you know I'm gonna have a music video coming out in a month. Mm-hmm. Um, Puppet was like just something that I felt like it definitely needed a, a music video, mm-hmm. but because of how dark I wanted everything to look, um, I couldn't find the right budget and, and team to shoot it. So I just did it myself. I pieced together a bunch of stock footage. Gotcha. I was going to ask because that was, if you'd shot it, that is the most amazingly shot music video I've ever seen on the independent level. Wow. And I, you know, it's just one of those things where it's, I'm sitting there looking at this thing and I'm like, all right, who did she use to shoot this? Because this is amazing. And wow. Yeah. Do more videos like that then. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it just like, yeah, it, it was definitely a, a really good and um, I enjoyed it. But you said you, did you go through like, uh, a Shutterstock or? Yeah. So, so for my job, I actually work at Shutterstock. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm really well familiar with, with all the stock footage sites. And mm-hmm. so I, I used a combination of film pack mm-hmm. and art grid for, for this video. Gotcha. 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 And how did you, did you know from the moment you were going to release Puppet that you wanted to do a music video or do you do a music video for all your singles? 
Yeah, so in this day and age, I try to do a music video for all my singles just mm -hmm. because video brings music to life. Um, mm -hmm. So from the moment I wrote Puppet, I didn't know what kind of video that it would be. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just, yeah, I think, I think until the very end, I was like talking to video teams and we always struggled on, on Puppet because it was like one of those songs that like you, you don't have like a clear picture going through your mind because it's kind of conceptual. And so that was also why the reason I, I was just like, well, let me just like put my job to use and, and put together stock footage. Um, mm. And then I just gravitated to the footages I was gravitating to and then it all worked out at the end. Yeah, because it looks like it's all one cohesively shot thing. So like your selection, your shot selection versus like just putting it together. It's like, it looks like one cohesively shot thing, like the person or the subject. Uh -huh. Like I, I couldn't tell that it wasn't most likely wasn't the same person. Unless, I know in some situation or some of the stock sites, you can kind of yeah. uh, find similar looking people or do like yeah. searches for, yeah. So yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. And uh, how's the, uh, now that, so Puppet's been out for a little over a month at this point? Yep. Mm -hmm. What's the uh, reception been like for, for the song? It's, it's been really great. Um, I got like close to, I think 70,000 streams on Spotify now, mm -hmm. um, which is like more than I've ever gotten on the song before. Um, so it's really great to see that it's, it's doing so well on Spotify. On YouTube, it's, it's similar as well. The, the video mm -hmm. that I, put out is getting a lot of good reception um, and then I was able to speak to um, so a blog was able to pr premiere it um, and then I was able to have a couple of interviews here, yes. here based on the song so it's awesome. been really great awesome and what other than uh, like doing the interviews and blogs and whatnot have you done anything different to promote this song versus the other songs yeah um, so you know I think uh, candidly I could do a lot more promotional work for my music um, I just, yeah, I feel like just a combination of like laziness and not knowing the best way to promote. I, I didn't do a lot, but I did have a show that um, I did that was around the same time the, the, the song came out. And that was a show that combined healing sounds. So like um, uh, the Tibetan singing bowls mm -hmm. along with my set list. And um, it was really cool to like infuse meditational mm -hmm. music with um, typically what I do. Mm -hmm. And is that something that you do consistently is try and incorporate like healing, like meditation and stuff into your live performances or just music in general? Yeah, so that's something I've started to do. So that mm -hmm. was the first show that I've started doing. Um, mm -hmm. Actually, one of the things that uh, happened when I first came to Austin was like, I just had this vision one day that I, I was meant to do healing music mm -hmm. uh, to create spaces where people could come and like let go of everything that's no longer serving them. And so there's also a community here that that does that kind of stuff. Um, but there's never anyone that I found who does both, like does the pop or the, the indie pop songwriter kind of stuff and the healing stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so when I combined it, it was really cool to see people resonate with that. Awesome. Awesome. That's, that's really cool. And uh, speaking of like live performances, uh, wh what's your live shows looking like in uh, Austin? Uh, how often are you playing right now? Yeah, so um, in Austin, um, I haven't actually played a lot just because mm -hmm. I'm new to town. And um, I think like, I just don't know that many people yet. Mm -hmm. In New York, I tried to play once every month. And then the other thing is in 2022, I'm actually planning a move to Berlin, Germany. Okay. 
Um, so yeah, so I'll, I'll be in Austin till the middle of June and then okay. I'm off to New York for a couple of weeks and then off to Berlin. Yeah. Gotcha. So you're, you're just kind of traveling is the, well, yeah, you're just kind of traveling at this point. Um, I am, like I said before on the search for home. So okay. uh, I've, I've lived in Europe, um, when I was in college, um, and I, I've been to different places. So I lived out of Denmark mm -hmm. that felt really, really great. And I always felt like I was like part European in a past life. Um, it's funny because it's like I'm from China, but I don't mm. feel very Chinese. I don't feel very American. Mm. Um, but Europe was always like the moment I went there, I was just like, wow, something about this feels really familiar. It just feels mm. right. So I'm just curious how I feel when I'm in Berlin to see mm. like, do I want to stay in Europe longer or is this just a short term trip? I have no idea where I'll be after yeah. the three months of my tourist visa. So we'll see. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. And uh, wh where's your uh, family at? Are they in New York or where's your family kind of located? Yeah, so I have family in North Carolina still okay. and I have um, extended family who is in uh, China. Um, yeah. yeah, so those are the two places. Gotcha, gotcha. And you go back to North Carolina kind of frequently or? Yeah, yeah. So I try to go back for the holidays. Yeah, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Well, I hope you enjoy Berlin. Like I'm kind of half German, so... Yeah never been there but you know it's a it's an interesting side of the family like the people that i get to talk to and whatnot so, so um germany what's that part of your family is in germany then? yes or no well i have extended relatives yeah. there so not like yeah i have more direct relatives that live in uh uh poland so i'm half polish half german so oh wow that's so yeah. cool okay yeah so um no, it's cool. Uh, and so you're moving to Germany in the end of June, we'll say like the end of June, if you're going to New York for a few weeks, yeah. and uh, you'll just kind of see where things go from there. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, how long have you been living in Austin? Um, just in, just like a little bit over a year. So I came out here end of 2020. So okay. It gotcha. would have just been like a year, maybe maybe four months. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, what's been the uh, biggest adjustment for you living in Austin? Living in Austin, it's really like just um, I think slowing down my communication when I'm talking to people because I feel like in the beginning I would like I could tell I was just like rub people the the wrong way just because of like how direct and like mm -hmm. cut to the chase I am and. Um, now I'm like, okay, not everybody communicates like this. Let's chill out a little bit and just yeah. like slow things down. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. That is the, uh, that is an interesting thing that people have to come to terms with, especially when they come in from out of town, that things move at a different pace here in yeah, Texas. So, yeah, I like, feel like um, people don't respond as well to like just cold outreach emails or like Instagram mm. DMs. But in New York, like you could actually just like build a solid community if you just mm. like start by emailing someone they'll respond and then you'll meet up like it's like a very chronological thing <laughs> yeah for sure if that's how it was in chicago it'd be like hey i'm doing this thing anybody interested i'd put it up on facebook or instagram yeah. whatever it was yeah and i'd have 10 people like yep i'm interested cool yeah let's do it yeah. so yeah, then, I feel like um, at least in Austin, I don't know how it's like where you are but I don't think people respond to that I think it's like you have to go in person and meet people yeah. One thing that I do enjoy about Texas, though, is when somebody says they're going to do something, that their word means everything like that. Yeah, I really enjoy that. So like, there was a situation where I needed some work done. And he's like, here, I'll do it for this amount. 
And in back of my head, it's like, all right, I need to get this in writing or, you know, just like have been burnt before. It's like, I need this in writing. He shook my hand and the next day he did it. And it was what he said it was going to be. And I'm like, all right, I dig it. You know, and obviously a lot of other places don't work like that because they're looking for for their angle and whatnot. So, yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. So um, obviously your your time in Austin's coming to an end. You're getting ready to go back to New York for a little bit and then German, uh, Berlin. Uh, what's kind of the uh, release strategy for your music for the rest of the year? I know you mentioned you have a new single coming out. Yeah, so I have a new single coming out end of May. Um, so I'm planning to put it out, um, play a show in Austin, and then, um, you know, like do what I can to talk about it on social media. Um, there's a video that's coming out for it that I'm super excited about. Um, and it's also one of those songs that's like different than Puppet and different than anything sure. I've done in the past. So yeah, the, the rest of the year is just going to be releasing music and then um by the time i'm in berlin i feel like it'll just be a new chapter and i'm mm -hmm. so curious to see what new inspirations it gives me for sure have you announced the uh, name of this single that'll be coming out in may i i have not but i'll announce it here it's it's called hallelujah okay and how long is that is that also been been in the works for a little bit no so that um i actually wrote in 2020 when i was um like, you know, going through the pandemic in mm. New York, um, it, it came out of the blue and it mm. was one of those like haunting kind of um, songs. I've never written a song like that. It kind of felt like channeling somebody else. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for the world to hear it. Awesome, awesome. When you sit down to write music, what's kind of your process? Are you more organized and disciplined with your writing or are you just kind of free flowing or does it kind of change on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis? Yeah, I try to be disciplined in terms of just like building up my songwriting capability. So like every day I would try to write something, um, even if a lot of like majority of the times it doesn't turn out to be a song that I'll ever release. Yeah. Um, uh, but like, I think for the songs that actually turn out to be something I, I release, um, it, it can it can take form in like a variety of processes. So mm. sometimes it starts with lyrics. I'm by nature more of a, uh, like the, the, the music typically comes to me first, just because mm -hmm. I feel like, I started on the music at such a young yeah. age, you know, the words didn't come to me. I, I didn't even learn English until I was like, you know, more of an adult, but um, yeah. yeah, but I, I really deeply enjoy poetry. So sometimes I'll like read poems by poets and then I'll let that sink in me. And then I'll kind of like write music based on that poem and then I'll put different words to it. Gotcha. Gotcha. And it, that's, um, is that kind of the process that you took for the, you said four, you're going to release four songs this year? Yeah, so I'll release three songs, um, may, may, maybe two different remixes of three okay. songs. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. And then are they, is it all leading to another EP or are you just kind of staying in the singles realm? Um, right now, um, I am just trying to record as much music as I can. Mm -hmm. So I actually don't know what will come after these series of singles. We'll, gotcha. we'll have to see, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. And then, of course, you got the music video coming up with Hallelujah. Um, and uh, was that recorded? It, will that be more of how you did uh, Puppet with like the stock video or did you actually go out and film it? Yeah. So for this one, um, I, I worked with this like really esteemed um, production company in New York called Austin High Production. Uh, they've done like thousands of music videos and nice. um, we went out to 
um, a studio on Bleecker Street, I think, or, or Broadway. And it was the same place that Billie Eilish shoots her, her videos. Mm -hmm. um, and we put a projector in the room and it's, it's just like this really cool atmospheric dance video. It focuses on like interpretive dancing of this one dancer who did an amazing job and I was on the piano. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very conceptual, but um, I'm super excited for it to come out. Awesome. And who do you uh, work with as far as uh, shooting the music videos? Yeah, so the for, for these two videos that are about to come out, it's going to be Austin High in production. Mm -hmm. um, they are a music video company in New York. It's like just these two guys. Um, they've been doing this for a long time and they're super passionate about their craft and it shows in everything that they, they do. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, are you, so are the, do you, when you're working with a video production team, is it you give them the general idea and then they just kind of expand upon it? Or are you very much in the trenches with them as far as like shot composition and what you're looking for? Yeah, I think I'm a mixture of both. I think mm. as I get more experienced in in creating music and expressing it, um, I've become a lot more prescriptive in terms of like, 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 for example, for these two videos, I came to them with the general concept. And then mm. I was like, I want the lighting to be like this. I want the shots to, to have these things. I want um, the, the uh, certain scenes to be synced in a certain way with this mu mu music. And I want like these two videos to communicate to each other as well. Mm. But before this project, I was very much like, I just want to find people who are good at their craft and then just give it all to them. But mm. I feel like as you mature as an artist, your vision becomes a lot clearer and then you're able mm. to like be more prescriptive as a result. But you don't want to be too prescriptive either. So, yeah. For sure. Do you have um, like a video production background or anything? I because, don't. Okay. Well, because you did. So did you for the uh, music video for Puppet, did you edit that yourself or did you just kind of find the... I, I did edit that video my, myself. There's a lot of, so we're, um, so we're in an age right now where I mm -hmm. think video production is becoming really democratized. Mm -hmm. um, just creativity in general. I think like whether it's producing music or producing videos or putting up artwork on um, social media, yeah. there's a lot of tools out there that like makes it easy for people who have no training to be able yeah. to do something like that. And that's also what I do for my job. I design products that do just that. So. Mm -hmm. I was really familiar with that world. And I was like, let me go out there and find a video editor app that helps me do this. So, gotcha. 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 Yeah. Well, it was a, the not to take a step back and talk about puppet, but it was a, once again, really good music video. So. Thank you. Yeah. Um, the person who's told me that about the video, I I've always thought like the video was just like this video I put together. So it's not great, but thank you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It, so uh, puppets out now it's on Spotify, all the streaming platforms and, uh, I'm assuming all, all the songs coming out the rest of the year will be on Spotify, same basic places. That's right. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. So outside of music, putting music aside, uh, what do you do to kind of decompress, escape? What are some of your hobbies to just kind of, you know, relax? Yeah. So I am really into spirituality and just like getting like really deep into discovering who I am, who I'm here on the planet to be. And most of my friends are into that as well. So like, just like um, me putting on healing sound shows, I go to a lot of them. Mm. Um, and I like, like to be out in nature when I'm not like in front of a desk or in my music realm and just mm. like 
connecting with people in like small groups. Um, I, I don't like to be in crowds um, because it, it feels really draining. I'm an introvert, so. Gotcha. Yeah, it's a, it, it is interesting. Like I've re- recently realized how much large crowds make me uncomfortable. And, yeah. you know, yeah. so it, it's definitely an interesting thing to navigate, especially when you're in the music business. And it's like, yeah. you kind of have to be, in comfortable in large crowds, which yeah, doing my best, but you know, so so you've been in Austin for a little over a year now. Is there any hidden gems in Austin that you found that are really cool? Yeah. So I'm, um, I just like, I'm really simple when it comes to things that give me pleasure. It usually has something to do with like food or, um, like cafes yeah so i recently came across this cafe called marabou mm-hmm. um, they sell home goods but they also make really good drinks mm-hmm. um, so i'll just it's become a ritual now where every other saturday i'll take a trip and i'll go there um, and i'll buy something special for myself either in the form of a drink or um, like a small home good mm-hmm. that they have and then i'll just like read for a while um, close my eyes meditate it's just such a nice atmosphere mm. yeah. nice I I keep telling myself I need to get down to Austin, period, because I've lived here for two and a half years. And obviously with the uh, the pandemic, I never went down. I have I've been here two and a half years and I haven't been to Austin yet. So, yeah, Austin, I think there's a lot of like cool um, eateries, um, drinking places, cafes. Um, mm. Yeah, it's a it's a good time. For sure. For sure. Um, and then as far as uh, just kind of moving forward, uh, 2022 is going to be a very busy year. Uh, what's your show schedule looking like? Do you have any shows on the books? Um, so right now, just because I'm going to Berlin, the only mm-hmm. show I have is going to be in Austin, mm-hmm. uh, which is at the same place as I did the healing show. It's at mm-hmm. this yoga studio and um, it's going to be a similar set up where I light some candles, take people through healing meditations, and then show them the songs that I have. Um, yeah, so that, that that's the only one so far. I do a lot of online shows. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a platform called Sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have one that's tentatively planned around like July, yeah. but it'll depend on like how well I get settled into Berlin and like yeah. how life goes in general. Yeah. yeah, I've seen a lot of musicians moving from Sessions over to Twitch for oh, very yeah. various different reasons you know because there's like sessions and then i think there's a site called like on stage or something yeah yeah and i've seen a lot of musicians moving from those sites over to twitch which which has been really interesting because a lot of people think that the online shows is like this new big thing that came with the pandemic and it's like no there's been musicians doing online shows for for a good minute so yeah, I really need to look into Twitch. I've heard so much about it, but I, I don't have anything up. I've never been on Twitch before, so I'll look yeah. into it. Yeah, it's something that we started doing about a little over two months ago. And yeah. obviously, like the video game side of things, like there's rapid growth there and then just music. And here we are, we're a music podcast, so we kind of sit in these two different lanes. So yeah. trying to find our audience is on Twitch has been a little bit different. Whereas on Facebook, everybody knew who we were, what we were doing. And now it's like Twitch, we have to re not re-educate people, but like just kind of find our audience on Twitch, at least for the live aspect of things. So 
Yeah, well, Twitch is like, I always hear it's actually easier to build an audience on Twitch mm. than it is on Facebook and Instagram, because those platforms have been around for a while. Yeah, well, and it's one of those things that they can, it's a lot easier to natively find you because it's like the recommendations are there. So like if you're watching one artist on Twitch, it's like, oh, who, people that are watching this artist, who else do they go to, you know? And so just like the natural um, recommendations are there. So, and it's a really cool community vibe, so. Okay, I'll definitely have to look into that, yeah. yeah. But so it, it's interesting and I've enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, we'll just kind of keep doing it on Twitch because Facebook's becoming so politicized for whatever right. reason. So, right. I mean, it's not even Facebook anymore, right? It's yeah. Meta. <laughs> yeah, very true. Um, but one thing I want to do with you before we uh, wrap up this podcast is I have a random question generator sitting right in front of me cool. and I'm going to just fire off a few questions of randomness. If you're ready, we can go into it. Yeah, let's do it. All right. What current trend do you find most intriguing? Social media trend, that is. I find the duets um, of someone either singing something or saying something and the other person um, responding and then piecing it together. I find that to be super intriguing, especially when there's a pet involved. Awesome. Would you rather fly to a different country, but you only have $20 a day to live off of, or would you rather run to the next, your next destination and have a hundred thousand dollars a day to live off of? I would definitely run and have a hundred thousand dollars to live off of. (laughs) That's fair. I, I was like, wait a minute, how am I going to ask this question? It's such a weird wordy question, but okay. I love that question. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If you were chosen to make first contact with a brand new alien race, what would you tell them about Earth? I would ask them what they think of Earth, and I would tell them to be gentle in how they perceive how things are run, because <laughs> I, I think we're a mess right now. Fair. All right, so this one's going to get interesting. If you were hiding in a closet trying to scare someone, what sound would you make to try and draw them closer to you? I think I would pretend to be a ghost and then just make those like, I don't know, like ghostly noises. (laughs) If you had to choose someone from your, your current town to become president, who would it be? I have no idea because I don't know that many people in Austin. I would choose me to be president. <laughs> Fair. That's the only one I know, yeah. If you could choose a fictional movie to become a real life scenario, what movie would it be? Inception. Awesome. Um, and then final question. If you could voice any cartoon character, who would it be? Bugs Bunny. Nobody's ever said Bugs Bunny. Like, Anytime that question pops up, it's always somebody from uh, like Dragon Ball Z or like some newer age comedy, uh, like animated comedy type stuff. And it's like, nobody says like the classic animated characters. So yeah, 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 yeah. cool. But, oh, cool. Awesome. Um, so once again, I do want to thank you. If anybody wants to check out any of your music, music videos, interact with you on social, get updates on 
you know, everything going on in your world, uh, where's the best place to do that? Go to Instagram and uh, type in Ify Zane, Y-I-F-Y-Z-H-A-N-G. Um, there will be all the links there. Or you could head to Spotify or um, YouTube or Apple Music and search for my name and everything will pop up as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, once again, thank you so much for hanging out with us. It's been an absolute blast chatting with you. Hopefully we can have you back on live from Berlin. That would be another country checked off the uh, old bucket list of countries uh, to to, uh, broadcast from, I guess, is the best way to word it. Um, But uh, we'd definitely love to have you back on and uh, hope uh, everything works out for you and your transition over into uh, Berlin. Thank you so much, Tom. Thanks, everyone. Absolutely. Once again, thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we will see you all tomorrow.